Um, so yeah, as Sam was saying, this is the penultimate sermon in our series, Good News. Uh, and as we've already said uh, many times throughout this series, we've actually based it on a short course by Timothy Keller called Gospel in Life. And this short course has uh, a subtitle. I think I mentioned it in a previous sermon that I did, uh, and it's Grace Changes Everything. I think that's really helpful. I think that that subtitle actually encapsulates everything that we've looked at so far. That actually this good news is a gospel of grace. And actually, as, as we encounter it, it changes everything. And two, two things stood out to me as I was thinking about that, uh, that subtitle this week. Straight away, we see that the catalyst for our change doesn't actually originate within us. Okay? That actually, it's the grace of God that comes into us. It changes us from the inside out. But actually, there's nothing we can do in of ourselves to produce the change that grace brings in us. Secondly, for a wrestling term, so Luke might like this, no holds barred. So there are no holds barred as to what grace does in us. So it's, it's without limits, because it says it touches everything. It changes everything in us. Actually, as we allow the good news of the gospel to just sink deeper and deeper into our hearts, to permeate into every area of life, it changes everything. This morning we're going to be looking at um, the account of Zacchaeus and Jesus' encounter with Zacchaeus, or rather the other way around, Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus in the Bible, and we see it changes everything for him. I think there's something that, that God wants us to consider this morning throughout, and just a question to have in the back of our minds. Uh, so we're looking at what does it mean to be a people for other people this morning? How does the gospel shape that? And what does the world experience as it comes into contact with the church? Is it love? Is it compassion? Is it grace? Is it mercy? I think that's an important question. Because actually as we look at Jesus' ministry, these are hallmarks of the ministry of Jesus. And we're called to be like him. So if you've got your Bibles with you, it should come up on the screen as well. Can you please turn to Luke 19? We're going to read from verses 1 to 10. So as, as I've already said, here we come across a man called Zacchaeus. He is a chief tax collector. He was rich. He was a collaborator with the Romans. He defrauded his own people. In essence, he was a crook. So as you can imagine... He was not very popular amongst the people. So this is from, as I say, Luke 19, verse 1. So he, that's Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. So he was on his way to Jerusalem. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. 
And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. And the crowd was getting in the way. He couldn't get through. He wasn't as tall as Sam, so he couldn't just stand at the back and look, at, look over to see. But, but he was obviously eager, because if you're not tall enough to be able to see through a crowd very easily, you're probably not going to find it very easy to climb a tree either, are you? But he runs ahead, he sees where Jesus is going, runs ahead and climbs a sycamore tree. Now what happens next is amazing. Now many of us are familiar with this story, and so we know it, and we can almost lose the fact that it's amazing, but it's actually truly amazing. And I imagine neither Zacchaeus or the crowd expected for what to happen next to happen. But when Jesus comes to the place, he stops. He looks up at Zacchaeus, and he calls him by name and says, I must stay at your house today. Remember, Jesus was actually just passing through. But Jesus stops, looks at him. Zacchaeus calls him by name. That might have been divine. He might have known his name some other way. But he looks at him, calls him by name. Says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. And Zacchaeus received him joyfully. So what I'm about to say might sound a little bit obvious. But as we're looking at being a people for others, part of that is going where we are welcome. Okay, And what I mean by that is there might be people that are on our heart that we see are struggling, that we see, that we think need our help, that, that we know need the help of God in their life. But actually, if, if they're reluctant, if they don't want our help, we're not to just go barge in anyway. And like, actually, what did Jesus say to the disciples? When you go into a town and you proclaim the good news of the gospel. If my peace does not remain on anyone there, leave it. If they don't listen to you, shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else. Okay? Now, I'm not saying if there's someone on your heart, just to leave them. But what I'm saying is don't force yourself in. There might be time, it, it might be a case that you just need to start praying for the person. It might be the person, the time that you need to take small steps of love. Just to, to slowly start building a relationship, start building friendship with them. So, and there might be opportunities where straight away people will joyfully welcome your help. And that's great and that's good. But let's not go, as being a people for others, let's do it in love. Let's not force our way in. It's important, though, that we are open to God's leading at all times. So in verse 1, as I've already said, Jesus was passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And that's where he was going to be crucified. Okay, that was, that was a big part of his mission. That's what he, was, he knew he was going there to fulfill what the prophets had spoken beforehand. But Jesus suddenly declares, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. It's like a divine moment. There's a necessity to bring salvation to Zacchaeus' household. 
He tells him not just to come down, I want to spend time at your house. He tells him to hurry and come down. There's a sense of urgency about it. As we seek to love and serve others, there will be times where we need to respond instantaneously. We might be passing through, we might be going somewhere, and suddenly we might feel a prompting of the Holy Spirit to, to stop, to serve someone, to love someone, to, to show them mercy. But there will also be times where we need to remove ourselves and to go alone and pray. So Luke 5, verse 15 says this, But now, even more, the report about him, Jesus, went abroad, and great crowds gathered to him and to be healed of their infirmities. So great crowds were gathering to Jesus. They were coming to hear him, to hear the good news of the gospel. They were coming to be healed. They had infirmities that Jesus could heal. And then the next verse says, But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And the the wording of that in the Greek means it's something that Jesus would constantly do. He would regularly do. And so actually there's something where we need to be aware that we might be going somewhere, doing something, and God might put someone on our hearts. And and we we just have to actually do it then and there. It's not something to put off. We need to serve and love people. But there are other times, actually there, there might be needy people in front of us, where we actually need to draw away to a desert place and pray. And that's important, because actually, what we're ministering to people is the kingdom of God, it's the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. In the verse Sam already brought today, we, we receive mercy and grace by becoming before the throne of grace. Okay? It says the mercies of God are new every morning for us. That means, if they're new every morning... They're new every morning for a reason. We need them every day. And, and there is something that's really important of actually taking time to be with God to pray. Okay, and that, that fuels our relationship with him, but also that's where we ask for the impossible to be done. Because he can do more than we can ask or imagine. So both are important. Note the crowd. So they grumble. They take issue with Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, going to be with a sinner. There may be people that, that can't understand why we love our enemies. Why we pray for them, why we do good for them. But we look to what Jesus did for us. So while we were still enemies of God, Jesus went to the cross and he died for us. This showed his, and displayed his love and his mercy for us. His love did this for us. He became poor that he could identify with the poor. He became oppressed that he could identify with the oppressed. He became a prisoner that he could identify with the prisoners, with the captives. He suffered shame and injustice that he could identify with those who were shamed and the outcasts. He took sin upon himself that it might break the yoke of sin on us, the hold of sin on us, that we might know his righteousness. Found this a helpful quote by Timothy Keller. It says, Jesus Christ did not just come to suffer for us, but he came to suffer with us and as us. No matter what we're going through, 
in that first example earlier again, it talks about how Jesus can sympathise with our weaknesses, with our struggles, because he came in human form. He humbled himself to come in human form. We can turn to him in anything. This isn't the first time people have been offended at Jesus. If we went to Luke 5, the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician. Physician, that was a whole word to say, isn't it? Oh, no need of a doctor. But those who are sick, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And then we see in this passage, Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is revealing his mission. Why he's come, he's come to seek and to save the lost. He's come to where, where people are in need of healing, whether it's emotional, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical. He's come to bring that. Time to restore relationships between not only God, but also between mankind themselves. I think we all know people and carry people in our hearts who seem so far from God that there's it feels like it's impossible for them to ever come to him. If we turn back just a chapter into Luke 18, Jesus was talking to a rich young ruler. So I say young, it doesn't say young in the passage, a rich ruler. And it says, For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Let that bring you faith. Those people who you carry in your heart, who seem so far away from Jesus, God says all things are possible with him. And we see that evidence with Zacchaeus. Because we saw at the beginning that Zacchaeus was rich. There's just one page turn in my Bible. It's impossible for anyone on their own who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. But it's possible with God. Minutes later, someone encounters Jesus, the grace and love and mercy of Jesus. And they're transformed. So we don't know exactly what happens between Zacchaeus and Jesus. It doesn't tell us. It doesn't doesn't say... What Jesus said to him, it doesn't say um, if Jesus asked him difficult questions or, or any of that, okay? But that's, that's actually good. Because each and every person, we're all individuals. We all come from different places. There's no one answer in terms of um, on how to love people and how to be merciful to people, how to give grace to people. But what we do see is a transformation. Because he says, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. So he's not even saying his salary, he's saying half of everything he has is given to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. In my mind, that almost feels like it's more than he's even got. But it's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. But Grace changes everything. He's had an encounter with Jesus, with the grace of God, that has changed everything in his heart. And and this is his response. What a transformation. 
See, the rich young ruler went away with a sad and heavy heart about the prospect of selling everything he had or selling what he has and giving it to the poor. And do you know what? Actually, that challenges me. If I think about, God, what does it look like for me to sell what I have and give to the poor? I can feel God chiseling away at my heart. There's a hard bit of my heart that's just like, oh, I... I want to joyously give, and I, I want to give to the poor, but, but that, that is challenging, isn't it? That, that is something that's challenging. We've got to let it challenge us. See, for me, I know that actually, if that feels like God's challenging me in that, that's something I need to now, I don't just put to one side and then forget about, but actually I need to, I need to work that through with God. Actually, what are you saying to me, God, at the time? How, how do I live this out? You see, if God is challenging you on something and we ignore it, we're going to end up building our house upon the sand, which when the storms of life come, it crumbles. Because actually, the house that stands is a house built upon the rock, which is built because we hear and obey the word of God. Proverbs 14, verse 31 says, Whoever oppresses poor, a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honours him. So this, this transformation that's happened in Zacchaeus, he was oppressing the poor man. And God's heart is so for the poor man that God says, you are insulting your maker. If you are oppressing the poor, you are insulting me. You are insulting God. But he who is generous to the needy honours God. So this transformation that happened in Zacchaeus moved him from the place of insulting God to honouring God. Which meant honouring the poor, loving the poor, feeding the poor, giving generously, being a people for others. How we long to see this radical transformation across the hearts of the people in the town of Faversham. Because this isn't just, just for, for the rich. Actually, someone that doesn't have much, doesn't have money, in of themselves it's still impossible for them to enter the kingdom of God. It's only through Jesus. And, and this grace, the mercy of God that changes everything, we want the people in Faversham to encounter this. And the primary way that is to be encountered is through us, the church. It's through us being a people for others, for us loving others. For us going to those who, who, who are sinners, who are obvious sinners, or who may be... Maybe that someone might walk in this building who has a reputation in the town and that could call us to, to maybe we look at them funny. Maybe we, we respond in a negative way. That, that's not what Jesus did. You see, it's, it's not, we don't try and produce holiness in someone to lead them to Jesus, but we lead them to Jesus to produce the holiness. Lost my place. Here we go. So we don't know exactly what Jesus said to Zacchaeus or did with Zacchaeus. But what we do know is we see again and again and again in the Gospels that Jesus loved people, had compassion upon people, had mercy upon people. No matter what condition they were in, he was for them. In fact, it was those that, that were religious, that were self-righteous, that, that Jesus stood against. 
But this is something that we are called to do ourselves. From the richest in our community to the poorest in our community. To love, to have compassion. Even for our enemies. In Luke 6, 35 it says this. But love your enemies and do good. And lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. So we are to love. We are to do good. We are to be merciful to those around us, including our enemies. As our God loves us and does good to us and is merciful to us, we are to do that to others. And it's only by drawing near to him. It's only by daily coming before him and, and receiving his abundance of grace, the free gift of righteousness, as it says in Romans 5, but also by receiving his mercies afresh every day. This isn't something we muster up in of ourselves, but it is from the gospel, the good news going deeper into our hearts and changing us producing that change in us, that then those around us encounter the grace and love and mercy of God. Lamentations 3, 22-23 says this, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. It has no end. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We have a faithful God. He's not going to run out of mercy. It has no end. He's not going to run out of love. It has no end. But I knew every morning there's something where we need to engage with the mercy of God every day, with the love of God every day, which then enables us to be merciful to those around us. There will be times when we're being a people for other people. We've been loving those around us, loving our neighbour as ourselves. There will be times where we just need to be welcoming. There'll be times where it's just a case of saying hello and listening. Listening is so important. I think sometimes we can hear someone say something and it just suddenly we form a picture in our mind of, based on everything we've heard about that subject in the past or that topic or whatever. But that's unhelpful. We need to listen to those around us. And that's how we learn to love. It's hearing where they're at. There'll be times where we need to lend, where we need to give money. There'll be times where we need to do good. Times where we just need to be there. But there'll also be times where we need to boldly proclaim our faith. There'll be times where actually we need to proclaim the gospel. We need to speak truth into people's hearts, minds and lives. And that is so important. I was just reading uh, about the fruits of the Spirit uh, again. I think Ian mentioned it last week, maybe, or the week before, or something like that. Recently, he did. You did. <laughs> uh, and just before that, actually, it talks about us walking in step with the Spirit. And actually, once again, the Greek there, it's a continuous thing. It's saying we need to continuously walk in step with the Spirit. And when, as we look at the story of Zacchaeus, the account of Zacchaeus, it, to me it seems evident that Jesus was doing as he saw his father in heaven doing. 
He was on his mission. He was passing through, but he stopped. He loved, he showed mercy, he showed grace, and salvation came to a household. That seemed impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. And actually, we're taught to pray more than we can ask and more we can imagine. We're told to seek God for these things. Some of us have lived in Faversham a long time, others longer than others. Some maybe not very long. Maybe we've, we've become frustrated in some ways with the town. Maybe we've, we've started to think, God, why, why isn't your church really growing very much? And I think God would just prompt us to, to just come before him again, come before him in faith, and just say, God, you are the God of the impossible. In of ourselves, we can't see these people saved. But in you, all things are possible. And we want to honour, love and serve our community in a way where your love, your grace and your mercy are shown and lives are transformed and brought to you for your glory. Let us pray. God, I thank you that you give us all we need for life and godliness. Lord, this, in, in some respects, some of these things just seem, seem so far beyond us. Loving our enemies in the way that you call us to, in of ourselves, is impossible. But Lord, I thank you that in you all things are possible. I bring before you all those who are on our hearts that seem so far away from you that we've almost lost faith for them to come to you. Lord, I do pray Come and be at work. Come and reveal yourself. Lord, we just pray that your grace will permeate their lives and change them from the inside out. And Lord, I thank you that your gospel is not something that we move away from, that we get tired of, that we we come to an end of, Lord God. But actually, it's just continually got so many wonderful, glorious depths to it, Lord God, that... Every day I can see new things in it. And I just pray, Lord, let your gospel go ever deeper in us as a church. Help us to serve you in our community in love and in mercy. And by your grace. Amen.